0: To the Wisdom Podcast. This is your host, Justin Dora, and today's topic for discussion is disciple making. And I wanted to begin by giving a little bit of an overview of that term. Probably for many of us it's a familiar term, but for the sake of maybe all speaking the same language or setting a tone for what I intend to to dive into here I want to just start with Matthew 28 gonna read verse 16 through 20 and here's what it says then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountains where Jesus had told them to go when they saw him they worshiped him but some doubted then Jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So let's look at this again. Matthew twenty-eight sixteen through 20. The first thing I want to point out is in verse 17, it says, When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Isn't that fascinating? that Jesus doesn't seem to sweat people's doubts because at the end of the day he knows as they step out in the things that he inspires in people that, that the power of the spirit is able to handle the doubts and questions of men. And sometimes we're the opposite. We're so afraid of doubts that we we freeze up when either we're investing in someone's life or we're walking in our own journey with God but i love this passage the fact that it includes and some doubted and you don't even see Jesus say now to those who are totally in faith here's the commission nope it's anyone who who is there including the doubters he didn't discriminate as far as who was commissioned to go and make disciples, which is pretty cool. The next thing I want to point out is, you notice it says, teaching them to obey. Now, let me just start off by saying, in our day and age, that word obedience has so much baggage around it. I typically don't use the word, not because it's a bad term, not because it's wrong or not because it's not biblical, but because there's been so much baggage depending on the group of people you're working with and, and my experience has predominantly been the under-30 crowd, kind of the postmodern hipster, urbanite uh, type of person. And so so what I found is that term obedience often brought a lot of negative connotation. So we used the term practice a lot uh, when we were uh, working in Portland specifically. And over time, I don't necessarily have a beef with the term obedience, but I I will probably use the term practice as we go along today, but that's what I'm talking about. Specific, actionable things that can be done, but it's all fueled by the grace of God. Another term that we uh, coined, and I don't even know if we coined it, but we used it a lot, and I don't know anybody else that uses it, though there probably is somebody, and that was the term grace-based obedience, because I really wanted People to catch the, the difference uh, where it's not willpower based, it's not fear based, it's grace based. It's the divine enablement to actually take steps in practically walking with God uh, in day-to-day life. But notice it says, teach them to obey. It doesn't say teach them to behave, and it doesn't say make them obey. I find that's the way we always read it, though, right? It's like, okay, I'm supposed to make people obey. That's not what it says. It says teach them to obey. And the best way to teach someone is to let it be modeled in your own life. You're a living example that they can look at, ask questions of, process uh, with you and with God, and it's not your job to get someone to obey the commands of Jesus. It's the the Holy Spirit's job to awaken them to the point of realizing that they are uh, in union with God. And out of that union, action flows. That's faith without works is dead, right? Real faith always works. We don't prove our faith by doing works. But when there's deep trust by the grace of God, it, it manifests in Tangible, actionable things. So teach them teach them to obey. And if you think back to John 14, this passage really helps us understand uh, the context of obedience. John 14 makes this statement. It says, If you love me, you'll obey my commands. And you can read that one of two ways. You can read it through the lens of performance and go, If you love me, you better do what I say. Or you can read it through the lens of grace and relationship and goes, guys, if love is at work in our relationship, obedience is the byproduct of love. Because we've got to realize that First John 4.10 is clear and it says this is love. Not that we love God, but that he first loved us. So when you recognize the love of God towards you, in you, all around you, um, as a participation in the divine life of the Godhead, When you recognize that love motivates, then your love for God, which expresses itself in obedience, is a byproduct of being loved by God. And it is good news. Here's another thing that I learned from practicing myself. One of the things that I did for several years was I just gave people all my conclusions. Hey, here's what God's been showing me, whether it's for reading or listening to a teaching here and there or um, writing my own thoughts out based on things I sense God saying through the scripture, or by the Spirit. And I would just give me, people my conclusions. And it was encouraging. People were affirmed. They were built up. They were encouraged. And to a degree, we even started seeing some transformation, uh, slowly but surely. But what I realized I didn't do is I didn't recreate the same process that God was developing with me. Therefore, the results were much slower with those that I was investing in. And they weren't as accelerated as what I was personally experiencing. And by the grace of God, through different trainings from different organizations, city team being the main one we began to realize as I began to re- reverse engineer the process i began to realize that i was living out obedience based discipleship as a rhythm of life but i wouldn't have called it obedience because it didn't feel heavy it didn't feel like drudgery it was exciting there was there was something taking place but as i look back i can recognize a few key elements that were at work number 1 i was reading the scripture, and the Holy Spirit was opening things. He was guiding me into all truth. I was having thoughts I'd never had before, seeing connections I'd never seen before. And through that process, what happened was uh, I began to write. So I would write down these, these new insights into the nature and character of God, into the nature of the kingdom of God, into my personal identity in Christ, and I began to write those things down, and and those two things created this meditative process where I was chewing on truth all the time. And what happened was, it was so intriguing, it was so fascinating, that I began to wonder what would it look like if I if I tried some of this stuff. So I began to experiment. So the very the very revelation I was getting, I was now putting it to action. I was putting feet to that revelation and I was trying it. I was experimenting. I was seeing, does this work like I think it should? And, and so there was this, there was this uh, learning process going. And then I had two, two avenues uh, that maybe at times other people don't have one for sure. Everyone has, but the second one, not everyone has one of those avenues is I was best. I knew trying to disciple other people and what that looked like is, again, getting with people, sharing what I was learning, helping them process their own lives, things like that. But then the second avenue is I had, uh, I had a, an opportunity to speak once a week with uh, the church we were planting at the time. And, and so the real theme that, that I noticed emerging there was there was this theme of sharing what I was learning. So I was reading getting revelation, writing it down, practicing what I was seeing and and hearing God say, and then sharing it with others. And as I've looked back, those four pieces really were the process of transformation. They were the process of walking this stuff out and working it out. Uh, And it was all fueled by the grace of God. There was nothing that I had to do. There was nothing that someone was forcing me to do. It was a discovery. It was an experiment. It was it was awesome. And there's, uh, there's things that I, that are still rhythms that I live in based on those, uh, those times of experimentation. And there's new experiments I'm trying all the time. And, uh, so there's this consistent rhythm and what I realized, this little phrase started crystallizing in my mind that, that obedience is actually the catalyst for the manifestation of transformation and that's a lot of shun words so i understand that sounds kind of hokey maybe but but basically all the revelation was true whether i ever saw it manifest or not but it was in the obedience process that i saw more things quote unquote happen uh or or watch that transformation become tangible whether it was the fruit of the spirit the gifts of the spirit the power of the spirit Uh, better relationships, uh, financial things. um, And those are still processes we're growing in, learning in, making mistakes in. So by no means do I have it all figured out. I actually don't want to have it all figured out. I want to have a relationship with God where I trust Him, not I trust my experience or I trust what I understand. I I don't want to worship my own understanding. I want to worship a person. So it's easy to actually, the more revelation you get... The more you, at least in my experience, I'm learning to not idolize my revelation, but recognize that it's a person, and not just a set of statements that I can make to maybe impress someone, uh, or maybe not impress someone, but think I am. So all that to say, so this process of making disciples, teaching them to obey, what I begin to recognize is okay. Allowing people to take baby steps based on using questions to allow them to discover what's God saying to them, there was something on that that I began to recognize, whoa, I'm seeing transformation happen more tangibly in other people's lives. And it's not taking the same amount of work it took before because I was doing all the work. Now, I'm just, by the grace of God, helping to catalyze the same process that god did with me and in the process people are catching things for themselves and so like i mentioned earlier i was no longer afraid of this word obedience because i started realizing that it's not heavy-handed but it's an outworking of trusting god i love what romans 1 4 says it says uh, it, it uses this phrase the obedience that comes from faith so so obedience is the manifestation of faith. Well what what develops faith? Well Romans ten is clear. Faith comes by hearing. Okay, so what what develops hearing? Hearing comes from the word of Christ. It's not the word of God by reading the Bible. It's the word of Christ by seeing Jesus in the scripture. He is the ultimate text. He's the ultimate revelation of God. He's the ultimate uh, person of God who's revealed in the scripture. And so what I begin to realize is, okay, so if my faith is going to grow by the word of Christ, therefore the more I feast on my identity and union in Jesus and who He is and what He's done and who I am now in light of that and allow the scriptures to inform that process, then what happens is faith begins to rise. Faith begins to grow. Faith begins to build and what happens out of that process what emerges? obedience it's the obedience that comes from faith and so what's the what are the things that or what's the thing that Jesus said? He said teach them to obey so how do we teach them to obey? We teach them to live by faith. How do we teach people to live by faith? We teach them to feast on the person of Jesus and who he is based on what the word says and based on what the spirit reveals. hope you caught all that. That was quite a rattling off of different thoughts. But here's the other thing I noticed. So Galatians 3, I'm going to just turn there real quick. Galatians 3 makes this interesting statement about uh, about the work of the Spirit and probably one of the, temp- the biggest temptations that we all face related to walking with God, which is performance. But Galatians 3 Verse 1 says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Now I want you to catch that. We receive the spirit not by the observance of the law, but by what? By, By believing what you heard. Faith rising from what? He says Jesus Christ clearly portrayed as crucified. In other words, when we feast on the word of Christ... What happens? Faith is produced. That's believing what we hear. When we believe what we hear, what is the natural outflow of that? Obedience. Action-oriented living that is based in the grace of God, but, it, but acts in accordance with the nature and character of God. So, faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word. And obedience comes out of faith. And that's what Jesus commissioned us to teach people to do. just going to let that sink in for a minute. And guys, you have to realize even faith is a gift. I love what 1 Corinthians... I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 states, verse 20 and 22 to 22. It says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him... The amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. Did you catch that? It's God who makes you stand firm in Christ. And it's through Jesus that you can say yes. In other words, even your yes to God is a dependent yes. Because Jesus already said yes for you as you He said yes on behalf of humanity. Therefore, every human being that ultimately says yes to God is saying yes because Jesus said yes for us. What does that mean? That means you can't take credit for it. That means there's no boasting in it. And Paul's pretty clear in the letter to the Corinthians that it's not about boasting. It's not about boasting in what you can do. It's about boasting in what Jesus has done. And that's the good news. So now all of our Obedience is coming out of gratitude and thankfulness, therefore there's an unlimited power source of transformation because you're not looking to yourself, but you're trusting Christ in you the hope of glory. And remember the scripture says that uh, that his power is made perfect in weakness. His power is not made perfect in your gift. His power is not made perfect in your strength. And his power is not made perfect in your determination. His power is made perfect in your inability to pull it off. So therefore he has to do it from start to finish. That's grace. And it's not licensed living. It's holy living. But it's not religious living that you're earning and you're performing. It's it's. The fruit of the Spirit, it's the ease of the new covenant. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So if your yoke is hard and your burden is heavy, you're not carrying the burden and the yoke of God, you're carrying the yoke and burden in man and man-made religion. So a few little thoughts on a simple process for, for discipling people. I'm going to pull this right out of the book of Matthew. We're going to go quickly here as we come to a conclusion in our episode for this week. So a simple process for developing obedience and discipleship in making disciples is, number one, repent. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But as we've said in previous episodes, we have to realize repent isn't feel guilty and shameful. Repent is a new thought. Every new action has to be rooted in a new idea, a new thought about who God is and who you are. We have the mind of Christ, according to 1 Corinthians Two sixteen. Therefore, we must realize that we can think like God. So, to start with the the discipleship process that's obedience based, you've got to begin by helping people catch a new thought of who God is, therefore who they are. And you you point to scriptures. You you ask questions to allow them to start catching. Wow, this is what God's like. This is what I'm like, and they begin. By like creating that new way of thinking, that's how the, the discipleship process begins. Then the second piece is practice. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. So out of these out of this new mindset comes actions that are that are fueled by the grace of God. Therefore, it's all about baby steps. So what's the right action to take well what you do is you trust what the holy spirit brings up in the mind of your disciple when you ask them hey what's a specific action step you can take out of that new mindset whatever they come up with by that feels life-giving and empowering then that's the action that they take for that session we got to remember, grace governs the whole process. It should be easy and enjoyable and radical. It doesn't mean, uh, and I say it that way because it doesn't mean it won't be radical. It won't be, wow, that's, but it does mean that it will be governed by grace and it won't be scary. And even if it is a little, you feel a little nervous, it's not that debilitating fear that prevents you from acting. There really is a sense of ease to it, as I mentioned earlier. Then the third piece is Matthew ten. Freely you've received, freely give. So number one, we we remind people this is a free gift. It's a it's you didn't earn it. You were given it to it as a gift. Therefore, when you give this away, this new mindset that has actions to someone else, remember that it's a gift. You're not selling them. You're giving it away freely, and you're helping them recognize the free gift of God. It gives them by His grace through faith. And what I've realized, it's in the giving away that there's an acceleration that takes place in this new revelation of Jesus and his kingdom. And there's this sense of a deeper fortification in your understanding of what you now possess in Christ. And it's, it has nothing to do with performance, it has nothing to do with earning, it's a natural development of revelation of our, out of our union with Jesus and realizing that we are a new creation with a new heart, a new mind, a new spirit, and God's spirit that's enabling us to obey. And so therefore now we are beginning to reveal and manifest the heart of God to the world around us with the ease of his presence and the joy of our salvation. So I'm gonna pray for you, pray for us, just that God would accelerate this process in your own life. And that will conclude our episode for this week. So Jesus, I thank you for a revelation of grace-based, obedience-based discipleship. God, would you begin to unpack these truths in every hearer over the next coming days, weeks, and months, that they would see it more clearly and more vibrantly than ever before and would you start to give them people that they could begin to invest in relationships at work relationships in the neighborhood relationships with friends relationships with family members to begin to see this grace-based obedience-based discipleship begin to take root and would you catalyze movements through them that touch their spheres of influence touch their city touch their region, state, nation and the nations and we thank you God that you are committed by your grace to helping us along the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Wisdime Podcast. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review on iTunes, and iTunes will recommend this podcast to others. Thanks, everyone, and take care.